Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Peter Dowdle, the Irish com, uh, joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Tricia. Welcome, welcome back. And thank you very much. Thank you very much. And actually, the sun is starting to shine here, so uh, hopefully the rain has uh, abated uh, a little bit. OK, still lots of things to be done in the garden and lots of questions uh, coming in. I love this one from Alison. She needs to move a rose bush. It was planted about 15 uh, years ago. Um, it's of sentimental value, so she really wants to make sure that this rose bush uh, moves well because her late granny gave it to her as a present some 15 uh, years ago. Uh, tips, please on how to move it. Yeah, I love I love questions like this too because uh, when something means so much and it's lovely because she, every time she thinks or uh, looks at the rose, I've no doubt she thinks of, of the granny that gave it to her. So the, the most important thing to do when you're moving it is the right time of the year. Roses will transplant quite successfully but you have to do it at the right time of the year. So uh, if it's, you know, if it's 15 years or more in the one spot, it's very well established so you have to do it during the months, December, January, February at latest, but December, January, I would say when the winter is at its coldest uh, and the plant is fast asleep, if you like, it's very dormant because it's inevitable when you take anything out of the ground that has been in it that long, you're going to cause root damage, a certain amount of root damage. Uh, and if you did it, let's say, for example, today, that rose needs every drop of water that it can get at the moment. So you're, if you damage the roots, you're, you're really going to kill the plant. 
doing it during the winter when the plant is dormant, it means that the rose, the root system has a, a chance to repair that damage before it comes into active growth in the spring. So there's no real trick to it. Just get, it's a, roses have a kind of a long tap root. So you're, you're going to have to dig quite deep to get all the tap root out. It's not going to actually have to be that wide because you, you'll find the, the lateral roots coming off and aren't that, they're not that extensive. Uh, the, the most important thing is get as much of that tap root out as you can. Cut it back very, very hard. Don't be scared that you're cutting it back too hard you certainly won't damage it from cutting it back too hard um, so I've no idea what size it is at the moment but I would probably cut it back to less than a foot above the ground and get as much of the root out as possible December, January into its new home no, no time out of the ground get it into its new home or, or if that's not possible get it into a pot uh, and do that immediately and keep it very well watered next year but I'd be fairly confident that that will move very successfully Yeah I think it. roses are hardy enough I think people have this I think because they're such a beautiful flower people seem to think oh I'd never be able to grow roses they have they've, they've got bad press if you like of being yeah. high maintenance and they're really far from it I know where it comes from because Back in the day, the, you know, when there were less rose varieties around, they used to get black spot and, and mildew, and they still do to a degree. But but a lot of people at the time used to make a, a mountain out of that when it's not necessary. Roses really are. I mean, they're tough as old boots, really, do you know? Mm. Actually, it was the one thing when I was away. I was in um, Ibiza uh, last week, and I was looking at the most stunning uh, roses. Um, they don't seem to have black spot. Is that mm, because they don't. <laughs> is that <'cause laughs> they don't have the rain? Is, is that down to the rain? <laughs> That's exactly it. it. Like yeah. the black spot and mildew and all these are fungal problems, and we have warm, damp weather and ideal yeah. for fungal. Uh, Ibiza, I imagine, is less damp than Ireland. Yeah, very, very, very less damp. Stay with, <laughs> stay with roses because Mary has what she describes as as a citrus sunset rose rock, but she said it's gone very leggy, and she's wondering if she cuts it back hard, will it bud again? It's 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 the only technicality now, but it's not citrus. It's cistus, cistus uh, C I S. Just just not to confuse anybody who might be listening. The cistus are one of these plants, a bit like hebes and a bit like lavender. I kind of put them all into the same group. That they they give great value in the garden. They're constantly flowering. They're beautiful plants. Um, very simple flower on the cistus. The sunset pink, lovely pink flower with a yellow center, but. The, the, they do need a bit of maintenance so they do need to be trimmed regularly to keep them bushy and to stop them from getting leggy because what happens is when they get leggy like she's describing uh, and you go and cut them back hard to, to bush them out again I'm afraid they won't tolerate it that's the bad news so no if you cut it back hard it won't regenerate uh, all you can do is, is trim it so you could do it gradually, but trim it now, but make sure you're leaving greenery below where you trim. So it might only be an inch you're taking off, but that will force it to green up slightly lower down and then you can take another inch off. So it's a gradual process. You could do it. Um, but if you do it all in one go and prune it hard, no, it'll just die, I'm afraid. Catherine wants to know, is now the right time to take cuttings of lavender? And if so, how does she go about it? Well, tune in to, to today with, with myself and Dahi and RT next week and I'll be taking cuttings of lavender and I'll show her. Okay. Right? All right. So yes, now, now, now is the time to do it. Um, and you take, take with lavender, you take about three inches of this year's growth. It's a, so it's what's called a, a semi-ripe cutting. Um, you could have done it earlier in the summer too, anytime really from June, July, but it's still not too late, particularly with the temperatures we're still having. Uh, take, take about a three inch cutting, which is on a node. The base of the cutting needs to be a node, which is where the leaf meets the stem remove the bottom leaves but don't don't be inclined to kind of peel them off because that peels some of the stem as well so actually cut them off with the scissors remove what we call the terminal bud which is just the the growing tip if you like 
um, because you don't want the energy going into that. You want the energy to concentrate on the node where the auxins are, and that will hopefully develop root system. So you're about a three inch cutting. You leave about half an inch of foliage on the top, which means you have about two to two and a half inches of bare stem into a small bit of rooting powder and a pot or a seed tray full of compost uh, and off you go. They should root still quite easily. It's all about uh, moving and taking cuttings today because Kath needs to move a five foot lilac tree and she wants to know what's the best type of soil for growing lilac. The, well, in terms of moving it, first of all, it's the same answer to that as what I was talking about the rose earlier. Don't dream of doing it now. Wait till uh, December, December, January time before you do it. Unless, of course, it is in a pot. If it's in a pot, you can plant it out, no problem. But if you're lifting it out of the ground, wait till December, January. And the lilac, there will be an inherent risk with that because it's very established. And that, unlike the rose, that will have a substantial lateral root system. So you will want to get a, as big a root ball as you can with that one and cut it back hard. Um, the best type of soil, it's not actually lilac isn't that fussy it just likes a very sunny position and a well-drained soil so it's not fussy particularly in terms of ph most garden soils will do it provided as i say it's a position of of full sun if possible uh, and well-drained okay somebody has pumpkins uh, growing the leaves have died off can she leave the pumpkins in the ground until halloween or do you harvest them now no, absolutely. Leave them on. Uh, leave them on and they'll still be fattening up and getting a bit bigger. If if anything happens, like if they start to get a bit soft or if there's insect damage or anything attacking them, then harvest them. But otherwise, no, I would leave them on for as long as you want. OK, lots of people asking about cutting back uh, roses, but I think we've dealt, we've well dealt with that one. Uh, Joe in Ballinhasic wants to propagate gorse. Is now a good time? Do you know, I've never in all my life propagated gorse or been asked that question. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> thinking it, the same thing when I saw it. It's a very unusual question. It is, it is, because it, it spreads so easily. So I've never done it. But yeah, I mean, it, it's Ulex Europeus, is it the correct name, European gorse. And like it is... Um, something that you would grow to the best of my knowledge from a, a semi-ripe cutting like I was describing with the lavender there earlier so it'll be a nodal semi-ripe cutting which is just it'll also grow of course very easily from seed as we know which is why it's so widespread around the countryside and beautiful in early summer um, so you would take a cutting just be very very careful of course because it's going to cut the hands off you uh, be very careful but uh, you take with, with the gorse I would take four, where I was saying the lavender you'd want two or three inches of a cutting with the gorse you'd take probably more like a four or five inch cutting on the node uh, again with the scissors remove most of the needles and, and leaves on it into a bit of rooting powder and I would say you wouldn't even need the rooting powder I'd say it would root away very very easily and would you have any idea why somebody planted two conifers? They came out, uh, each came out of pots. One was planted on a ditch and the other was planted on the side of a ditch. The one on the side of the ditch failed. Any idea why? I don't, I'm afraid. I, I, not enough information, really. I'd probably need to see it. And if it failed in year one, in other words, if they were just, let's say, for example, plant, both planted earlier this year, and one failed and one didn't. It could be as simple as lack of water during the last month or something like that. And normally in year one, if a plant fails, it is just lack of water. It's as simple as that because any disorder or disease or any plant health issue would would normally take much longer to to actually kill a plant. You'd see it maybe not thriving, but if it dies in the first year, it's normally just something like lack of water. it could be that, but and you, you might say, well, that's very unusual that the one on the ditch would and the, the, the other one wouldn't. It just may have had more water available to it. It could be as simple as that, but it's not something I could give a definite answer to, unfortunately, without really seeing it. OK, and Bernie uh, says that she had a number of plants destroyed by ants. 
you suggest any solution? Do ants damage plants? You see, I'm not altogether sure that they do. So I'm not sure if the plants were destroyed by ants or if it was something else. I mean, obviously ants, by their very number, if they get into a root system, they can cause a bit of damage. But it's it's unusual. It's not something I've I've really heard of. I've heard it mentioned before that ants have done damage, but I'm not altogether convinced that, that it was the ants. Whether or which, I'm afraid, which brings me to the next part of the question, no, I don't have an answer for it. I don't have a magic wand for ants at all, I'm afraid. In the house, absolutely, you don't want ants in your house, and there are things you can do then. But outside the house, in the garden, I'm kind of of the opinion to, to let them alone. It's it's their space as much as ours, you know. Um I don't really, maybe other, somebody else listening might have a, a suggestion for you on ants, but I don't. And in all my years at the garden, uh, it, I think that I'm not even going to use the word problem, but they're, they're a challenge, if you like, that you're not going to beat, I think. Yeah. OK, listen, we leave it there. Have a lovely week and we'll chat again next Wednesday. Uh, and you, Trish. Look forward Thanks, to Thanks a million. That is uh, Peter Dowdle of the theirishgardener.com. 